0: Yep, join the Crowcast team this week as we look back at the Richmond demolition, talk about the upcoming game against the Bombers, and have a special guest on board talk, Drugs Are Bad, McKay. Let's run the boys home to the finals. This is Crowcast.
1: Alright,
0: welcome everyone to... um, podcast 2.0 for the second half of the year, or the run into the finals, hopefully for us. Um, apologies for the little break, a few things going on, and Nikki obviously being away and being the linchpin of the whole thing, you know, the whole world fell apart. So Nikki's back now, so um, all hands on deck and away we go, and hopefully we can um, we can ride a bit of a wave into the finals. So just welcoming everyone again, we've got Danos, how are you going, mate? Good, thanks, Phoenix, good to be back. Very good. And how about you, Waffle? How are you going? Sensational, Dan-Oz uh, Dan-O's
1: Phoenix. I've had my coffee and my chippy cookies.
2: And he's confused about who
1: he's talking to.
0: What was in those cookies?
1: Uh, yeah, starting to Wonder Phoenix, calling you Dan-Oz.
0: And, of course, um, the inevitable and, as I said, the, the linchpin of the whole thing, Nikki. New. How are you going, Nicky?
2: Not too bad.
1: seems you guys missed me. I missed you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed you. Sure, why not?
1: I (laughs) got in trouble for calling my wife Nikki. Oh, 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 you are you are in big trouble.
0: You you don't do yourself any favours, do you? Waffle some of the things that you've said to her.
1: You sound like my father, Phoenix.
0: Well, I'm not surprised. Listen to the man.
3: This certainly escalated quickly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a bit (laughs) of a backlog.
2: (laughs) Hang on, I just want to know one thing. How's the snow, Dad Oz?
0: Ah, cold.
1: I hope you're sleeping in your leather jacket tonight, Oz.
3: No, just an extra blanket.
0: Very good. And uh, I missed an opportunity to use the word bang in a sentence, but never mind. Jenny will probably appreciate that.
2: Behave.
0: Anyway, banging right along. Um, What are we (laughs) going to do? (laughs)
1: We're
2: going to
0: uh, review the bang-up job that the Crows did in demolishing... (laughs) Uh, the Tigers last week.
2: Or are we going to have a little chat because there's a couple of AFL news things that are a bit interesting.
0: All right, DN news, bloody hell. (laughs) Just don't bang on too long, okay?
2: I won't, I promise. Um, So we've had some resolution on some of the drug stuff in terms of the two Collingwood players who are now going to miss two years. They're not allowed to be involved in any sport whatsoever in Australia. Uh, Collingwood did say that they would um, pick them up again if they were available at the time. Um, It's interesting, though, that Keith was keen to get an NFL career. Now, this won't stop him actually going for an NFL career because the NFL don't go anywhere near water or whatever, so you're free to use as many drugs as you like in the NFL, it seems. Um,
0: He could actually play any sport outside Australia, couldn't he? Because it was an ASADA ruling. (laughs)
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, the band from Australia. I reckon there there would be issues if they try to do other sports that align with the wider code anywhere in the world, um, because it's it still comes under the wider rules. Asada are um following the wider ruling, so to speak. So that would be interesting if they to see where that could go.
0: What's he want to do in the NFL? What type is he want to kick? Oh, kicker.
2: He? Yeah, I think it's a kicker. He's not big enough to do some of the others. It's a
0: punter, Nicky. It's a punter. It
2: is a punter. Yes, I know. I do follow the um, NFL. <laughs> I just kind of laugh at them sometimes going, like, seriously? That's as far as you can kick it?
0: It's actually uh, pretty hard to kick that ball, by all accounts.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I have one of them. <laughs> and, uh, and I have. I had, I had. did have tried, and I failed spectacularly, but I failed
1: spectacularly if I try and kick a football, so...
0: I just like the fact they're all kicking drop punts now when they want to kick to position instead of just booting it as long as they can.
1: You can do a mean top with them, Phoenix.
0: What's that?
1: You can do a mean top with it if you get onto it right.
0: Yeah, it's just about getting the distance with it because it's a lighter ball and different shape and all that, but they've cottoned onto the fact that the drop punt will will, uh, spin on itself rather than just kick forward. So if they want to... um, if they want to pin a team back towards the end zone, they're kicking drop punts, and uh, that's directly because of McBride and a few other blokes doing it.
2: Yeah, a few Australians who are now coaching over there, such as Bennett,
0: yeah, who that's right. used to
2: play. So they're they're picking up our skills.
0: Anyway, moving along.
2: Um, the other thing is that Essendon uh, AFL leaking. Who knows? Everybody's leaking. Um, Brendan Goddard thinks they're cowards. So I think he. So basically, what he has just done is called his own um head coach a coward because most people are fairly sure that um heard is doing the leaking as well as um the AFL and oh it's still one big old mess.
1: Dank's doing a lot of leaking. Oh um, yeah,
2: Dank's just dank. And the other thing I thought was interesting was what came out this weekend the absolute piss week effort from the AFL to not challenge Adam Kearney's one-match ban.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually see the incident, but everyone was talking two to three and were quite surprised when he only got the one. Lined him up from the,
3: at the centre bounce and just rammed straight into his head.
1: It was pure dirty football, wasn't it, Dan Oz? Yes, it was.
2: And the fact that they all of a sudden took into account his good record, which under the New Orleans, you're not supposed to be able to do that, and yet they did and that's why they only gave one week, and then they decided that even though the player was concussed and is very likely going to miss this week, it was only a medium impact and not high. Oh,
0: it's just unbelievable. How can they get things so wrong?
2: And Well, that's the thing is why on earth the AFL has not um, just challenged it. They should have because it's gone against all the rules that they've kind of set out and said, this is what we're going to do. These, these are the lines in the sand, and that's exactly... Um what it he's I mean he does have a very good record. He's he's played what is it in two hundred games and he's never been reported before. But he did it and he should get rubbed out for games.
3: Some animals are more equal than others.
2: Yes. I I wonder though whether it's the whole because of the leaking and everything else that's been happening with Essendon and all the other stuff is that the AFL doesn't want to touch it.
0: No, yeah. I, they just drop the ball sometimes, I reckon. They get distracted by other things and then they get to the end of the week, oh, shit, yeah, that's right, we should have challenged that. Yes. Yeah,
3: they, they actually put out a statement about this, though, saying why they aren't challenging it.
2: Yeah they they? yeah, they they said, oh, you're allowed to take into account the good record and everybody who's actually read the tribunal-like rulings for this year have gone, uh, where does it say that?
0: Just Crazy. Oh, well, he'll be out for our game anyway, so that's all that matters. And what about Jake the Snake?
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, signing an extra year.
0: And spoke extremely well at his presser as well, if you've listened to it.
1: Captain in waiting.
2: Oh, uh, he's... If if you just actually heard him speak and didn't see him, you would think this is a guy in at least his mid-20s. Planning... Yeah.
1: Sorry,
3: Dan I was I didn't I didn't hear uh his press conference, but I did hear him on 5AA talking to Floggin' um Pretty Boy. And uh <laughs> uh he he sounded remarkably
0: like Dangerfield.
2: Yeah, he does a bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, the press I think there's a link to the presser in um the leave thread, Danos. Um well worth having a look at it because um it just mature, it makes you understand why they were so keen to bring him through, even with the ACL. It's just got a great attitude. Oh, well and truly. So uh, that doesn't leave many left. Who have we got left? We've got Lynch, Danger, obviously. Tomo. Tomo, who I think will be waiting on Danger. Uh, I can't Matt think Crouch. Of Matt Lines.
2: Crouch. Lions. Oh, no, Lions has got an extra year, hasn't he? Yes, he's,
0: he's got, got two years.
2: Greg.
1: Just keep away been. from those downpipes.
2: I reckon there's Martin. There's, Curly. There's, yeah, Curly's still up. Cam Ellis Yeoman.
0: Yeah. It, I reckon there's a little bit of trade bait being left on the table there with uh, Ellis Yeoman and Greek, to be honest.
2: I'd, I would actually hate to see Ellis Yolman go because oh, um, so he, I. he's he's he, he's so big. You don't actually understand. He's taller than Dangerfield.
3: He's a good six centimeters
1: taller than Dangerfield.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. He, and he could
0: quite easily play as a as a tall halfback flanker.
1: I'd like to see Greg and Cam Ellis Yolman go.
2: Yeah. See, I reckon we've actually got some good depth, and and. But that's that real fine balance of list management that um, Justin Reid's got in front of him, that you you still want to keep the depth, but you, but you also do have to turn the list over a little bit.
0: Be interesting interesting, losses. Be interesting to see what we do with list management this year. Um, we obviously still need some pace and we need another defender. It'll be interesting to see whether we go hard at trade week or whether we just rely on the draft.
2: On oh, Siggins is the interesting one.
0: Oh, I think he'd be gone, wouldn't he?
2: See, I'm not too sure about that because young player, he's had quite a few injuries and last year I thought he was okay as a defender, finally coming through and playing some consistent games in the SNFL and then earlier on this year when he was playing, he's improved even more again and he's that really nice size defender that that are kind of hard to find.
1: Will we chase Yaron, or will he go home to Perth? I think it'll depend
2: also a little bit on
1: price. If
0: we pick him up for 400k he'd probably be happy. Yeah, yeah we won't so know. you would. No, it's probably 500.
3: I reckon probably closer to the 6 that we paid for Eddie.
0: Yeah, or and he's not a professional. Yeah,
2: he's I I would say he's not worth as much as Eddie. But he's probably worth close to it.
4: Does
1: anyone want Dale Thomas? No. No.
2: Where's Mick Malthouse?
1: Uh, oh in his God. Chair.
3: Hopefully,
0: hopefully, he's not our coach, and he doesn't end up picking up someone
3: like Dale Thomas.
0: Gone a bit. Co- oh, he won't be our coach. I'd just about bar for Port if Malthouse coached us.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's finished.
0: Yeah, he's too much damage because there's not much um, noise around Gibbs lately, but I don't reckon he's going to be at Carlton next year.
2: Yeah, Carlton's going to be interesting to watch. I, I think a few clubs are going to wait and see as to what's happening there, as You'd to how to... many of their players will be on track because their list is just horrible.
3: You'd have to pay a pretty penny for, for Gibbs though, especially considering it was a bloody uh, free agent last year.
2: Yeah, you'd have to take on the Carlton contract, whatever it was that they gave him.
3: No, thank you. And it would cost whatever it would in the trade.
0: Yeah, but I reckon yeah. they're going to try and turn over their list a bit, which means that we could throw a couple of players at them.
2: Yeah, people keep talking up carriage.
0: Yeah, well, he's not getting a look in and he, he's gone off the he's boil. Not-
2: He's not playing that well in the SNFL. Although, to be fair, the game against South Adelaide, they were full-on targeting him and blocking him and doing everything possible for him to to not get near the ball. Um, He was the one that South very much tagged. And he still managed to get quite a few possessions and worked his way through it. But, yeah, I haven't been that impressed with his um, two-way running and a few other things that I've seen in the SNFL.
1: Who were you supporting on last Saturday, Nikki? Oh,
2: my South Adelaide Allegiance is dead.
0: Well, that's I'm... not hard. <laughs> Club hasn't won anything for how long?
2: Oh, I haven't, last time they won a premiership, I won't say how old my mother was, but um, she wasn't an adult.
0: <laughs> I reckon the last time they were in a GF was in, what, 79? Oh. 80? Against,
2: yeah, I think somewhere around there. I
0: reckon it was against the Bays or Norwood.
2: Yeah, we were sitting in the car watching the game because that's what I love about no longer you can sit in the car um, and the old toot the horn when you kick a goal, it's just like country footy. And the first like couple of minutes or so, and I kept referring to the Crows playing as we and us, and I just looked at my dad and said, I don't barrack for South anymore, do I? And he just went, nope. <laughs> so it was st- I still wanted them to do well, but I didn't want them to win. So yeah, Adelaide is now my SNFL team, it seems.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed with Kerridge. I I reckon he's a player, but whether he's got the um, got the fire in the belly at the moment, I'm not quite sure. Whether he's just been a bit stymied with injuries this year.
2: Yeah, that that's just what made me wonder is whether there's still some little injury things going on there that we don't know about because the club is such a closed shop.
0: He just seems like a natural footballer, and we don't have a lot of those. Um, so, you know, he reminds me of Lance Pichoni. Remember him when he first came over? He was pretty good.
2: Yeah, I did. And then, oh, who'd we get from Hawthorne for him?
0: Some spud.
1: Tim Hazel. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely some spud.
1: Is that a guess or is that an actual? No, I'm right. Because he played for my beloved Norwood for a year. Ah,
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Hawks didn't get much out of Lance either, but uh, when he debuted, he looked like he could be anything.
2: Yeah, and he's that similar shape as well. Yeah. That quite solid body.
0: And um, what do we reckon about the the coaching position? Obviously, we haven't been on since the unfortunate event of a couple of months ago, but um, what are our thoughts with regards to the club's direction?
1: I think uh, reading what Fagan said today, that we're going to leave it till the end of the season. We're in no rush to make a decision. Sorry, think...
3: to, sorry to go back. Um, Google is my friend. Uh, we traded Lance Piccioni for pick 79 in the 2000 national draft. Bonus.
0: Pick 79.
1: 79. That's, That's James cool.
0: Fantasia.
1: Isn't it? That's Rory yeah. Atkins, like. <laughs>
2: Oh, where's Peter? Because the rat played a really good
0: game.
1: I thought we. Oh, sorry, Dan, I thought we did trade him for Tim Hazel because he came over here. So
0: we may have drafted him at pick seventy-nine.
3: I'm having a look at pick seventy-nine on Footy Wire to find out who we drafted.
2: But yeah, back back onto the the coaching thing. I think they probably would have been discussing it and I would say that there would possibly be some selection meetings, some other movement happening within the club. But just like we had last time with how quiet it was and how much of a closed shop, I I do think there possibly is some movement going on um, but with – but yeah, just like was said, that Fagan said, we're not going to see anything until after the grand final. So I think it might be fairly close after the grand final. We'll find out what's going on.
0: I've never been a Scott Camperelli fan. Never. Um, on the basis <laughs> of third hand observation and no real substance. Um, but I have to say, he's done a bloody good job.
1: He has done well. And neither is my brother-in-law, Phoenix, because he went through high school with him.
0: Yeah, a a big And I wonder whether if he wasn't such a quietly spoken, measured person, whether he'd be higher up in the estimations of people with regards to getting the job full-time.
2: See, what I've heard is that he really can dish it out to players. He can tear a blue streak off of them if required. So whilst we see that calm and measured side... He's also able to to flip that switch, but what I found really interesting was the reaction after the game on Friday night the the little fist bump he did with Lion and just that there was that little camaraderie that you could see with the group with him that there really is quite a strong connection. So yeah, it's going to be um, interesting.
0: Such an interesting situation because you could argue then that he might suffer from the same thing that Sanderson did initially in that he seemed to be too chummy with the players, whereas Walsh came in and and was very much a a figurehead um, and put a distance between himself and the players, at least publicly, makes you wonder... What's that?
2: I don't know, somebody's having a chat in the background.
0: (laughs) Um, Makes you wonder whether uh, he would be able to command that um, level of respect full-time and or whether the club actually needs what they actually need now, whether they could do more with that closer bond between player and coach.
2: But that's where I've heard that he whilst there is that respect, and, and you hear that anytime like Dangerfield and Sloan and all the rest talk, they, they've always talked up Camporeale and everything that he's done for them. But I've heard that he can absolutely lay down the law to them. So I wonder then with the Sydney game how absolutely awful that was and the way we turned around in a week. Is that coaching or is that players or is it both?
0: Uh, my impression was that we hit a bit of a wall that week
2: we looked completely flat against sydney and i and i wondered watching even though i was watching it on my little laptop overseas sydney weren't actually playing that well you just had to have a played partway decent and we would have been back into that game but everybody was flat absolutely flat just wonder whether that was, yeah, the emotion carrying through and it just finally stopped dead.
0: Well, we'd had a series of big games and a lot of emotional roller coaster stuff. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that at some point, and particularly with an away game to Sydney, um, whether that was just the point where, you know, we experienced that, that drop. Um, we certainly bounced back all right, though.
2: And then I think you could possibly put that down to some coaching.
0: Maybe. I'd like Don Pike to come on board. I'd, I loved his work when he was um, assistant to Craig and I think he was credited for a lot of the strategic stuff that we put in place um, back through that era. Um, and if particularly if we were able to keep Woosher on in some capacity, I think Don Pike would be, uh, be just the type of person that we needed.
1: And we've got Darren Glass coming back as well, haven't we?
0: No, I'm not sure what is, whether he's going to stay part-time or whether he's going to come on board full-time.
1: I
3: think yeah. having a senior assistant, whether it's Wusher or someone else, is probably the key to our next coach. The reason Sanderson failed in the last year was because he didn't have that um, senior guy uh, who, Bailey obviously, um, had a huge impact on the group
2: yeah. and
3: um, losing him and not replacing him seemed to be the ultimate downfall for, for Sando.
1: Massive loss. I also think uh, always referring to the Geelong culture as well didn't really help him, his cause. Yeah,
2: that didn't help.
0: I wonder, though, because uh, who's Luke Beveridge got backing him up behind the scenes?
2: He was, a very, he was quite a long-term assistant, though.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have anyone.
2: Like it's, him and him and Richardson have been in the system for a very long time, whereas Don Pike, I'm like you, he sounds quite good.
0: Oh, Pike, he's been in the system for yeah. ten years,
2: but he's taken time out, so he's he's actually taken about was it three or four years away from the game.
0: Yeah, but he took three or four years away from the game to look after business. Like he's he's fairly solid in terms of his business acumen, and I think.
2: That'll
0: definitely help. Yeah, a bit like Woosher. He's got a life outside of football. He's a very strong character, obviously understands the game. He's back in the system for a couple of years. He's clearly been uh, instrumental in getting West Coast back up the ladder. I don't know. I reckon um, I'd be all over. And see, really played under him. Yeah, he um, did. And I think that might have some, have some uh, bearing on what happens too.
3: Beveridge actually um- – Spent a couple of years working for the ATO,
0: completely away from football as well.
2: Oh, I see,
0: there you go. So yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you, Danos. I think if they do put in a young assist, a young coach, they'll they want someone over the top. But I don't know whether it's necessarily a, a a necessity. Someone like Jew or Brian Royal or someone like that who's been in the system for hundred years, I would hazard a guess that they probably wouldn't need a mentor.
3: Doesn't doesn't even have to be someone uh older or um more experienced. It just I in my opinion needs to be someone who fills in the gaps that the younger coach has.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we know
3: we know that Sando was great with with his um uh being mates with, with the team. Um and Bales was the only the some guy of the who, team. Well, yeah that came out later but um Bales was able to put the hard word on when it needed to be done
0: yeah and got around the younger blokes a bit too well by, by all reports yeah
2: there's a story about bailey those I, I can't remember which game it was and it was um source who said it um they were playing absolutely horrible in the, the first half and everybody was really tense and as they've gone in for the team meeting, a, Bailey's just come in and started dancing a jig and being absolutely ridiculous and of course it broke the ice and it got them all to relax and so Bailey had that knowledge of when to be the clown when to be the disciplinarian and I think that's what you need is some you need a coaching panel who can work together to do that
0: and you know from the outside looking in, it seems that we do have that cohesion at the moment between uh, our coaches they seem to be um working quite well together and they certainly were, were working well together under um, under Phil. Um, so it's going to be an interesting process to see how that pans out, uh, just as much as watching Carlton, who I think will do what they always do and go for the big, um, big signing.
2: Yeah. I, I wonder, yeah, I think a, a lot of clubs are, are waiting to see what's happening with Carlton, but I reckon we've probably put our feelers out a little bit as well because they're going in that process. Because we're most definitely going to want to get who we want and not allow anybody else get
1: them. I oh, like the way uh, Justin Reed had that board set up. Oh, with all the the future years, yeah, the and the players' at whiteboard. It was like that's really professional. I, well, I suppose he's paid for it, but it looked really good. How he's sort of narrowing it down and seeing who he can and who he doesn't think is probable and all that.
0: Didn't see that waffle. What was that?
1: Yeah, um, Nicky, it was like all the years of the players and ages and positions and all that sort of stuff,
0: wasn't it? Every yeah. player from every team. It's yep. a bit of a money ball thing.
2: Yeah, kind of a money ball thing. And I think they also had it sorted as well by when they're coming out of contract. And also so by height. Yes, by height. That that was really interesting as well. So they're, they're all split into, they're colour-coded into different groups. They did um, blur out a lot of stuff so you couldn't really tell what was going on. But that whole forward planning that we were doing in list management, because we've just so recently been through a coaching search, I think we're actually ahead of the curve now because we've had a look and we've got a footy department in place as well. So I think that changes it a little bit because we've got a program that we want to run. We need somebody who's going to come in and, yes, we will provide some of their own things, but they've got to fit in with these elite standards that we've now set and want to move forward with.
0: Any love for Bolton or G? No Bolton.
2: I, yeah, I heard Bolton was not impressive at all.
1: Depends on uh, what race he's in.
0: What? He's a jockey. <laughs> I wonder what the hell you were banging on about, man.
2: <laughs> Waffles sometimes you are just a little too cerebral.
1: Perhaps
3: so you need to cookies. waffle on a little bit more sometimes.
1: <laughs> what, about, more up. what
2: about G? Yeah, not sure on that.
0: Krispy Kreme is hoping he comes over. All right. Well, any other news, Nick?
2: No, I thought they were the, the, the main kind of points, little bits and pieces.
0: Cool. Let's uh, spend a little bit of time then talking about Richmond or the de- demolition of Richmond last weekend.
2: Oh, jeez, could we kick straight? That'd be good.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I, even though we're ahead, probably because we didn't kick straight, I was still hanging off the edge of the seat. Even in the third quarter, I'm like, oh, I don't feel comfortable here. We're not kicking straight. Even in the
3: fourth quarter I turned to my son and said, I'm not liking the look of this.
0: Yeah, I was the same until about the ten minute mark of the last quarter when I thought, no, nah, I think we're right now.
2: Yeah, I think it was the, the last two the, the two goals we got we went, yep, no, nah, that's that's too hard for them. Because the only time they were scoring was when we finally made a mistake and they got the ball. They couldn't get the ball themselves.
0: And only really when they isolated Dustin Martin up forward. I mean, that's the only time they really looked dangerous.
2: Yeah.
3: It's interesting, um, Hardwick. Uh, I know he often losing coaches sensationalise a bit, but him saying it felt like a 100 point loss was completely the opposite of, of how I think a lot of us supporters felt.
2: A lot of opposition coaches though they'll often talk about what we did or we didn't do this we didn't do that he was just flat out just that it was a smashing they beat us here these these were the numbers we were behind from the start we might have been up at the quarter time but we felt we were getting beaten
0: surely though in their coaches box given how much we were burning the ball on the scoreboard surely you would put the numbers aside and like I didn't actually see them try anything at any stage they didn't changed their plans, they didn't throw any players around. He was very defeatist even in his in his presser.
2: Well, they they did the Martin in the third quarter. They tried to get Jack involved in the game, playing him off the back of the square, and I think that's
0: where he got his two touches. Yeah, well, that was at the start of the game, though. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, and
2: then he got beaten comprehensively.
0: It seemed to me that he looked, he was just focused on the numbers and could see that they were getting smacked and was just resigned to the fact that the scoreboard was irrelevant, whereas I would have thought a couple of quick goals, any any way you can get them, and all of a sudden the pressure's on us because we have burned the ball so much. Yeah. And it's not like we have been in such great form that we put clubs away. Well, that's right. We, we haven't played many four-quarter games. Um, any, That's the first one we've played all year. Yeah, well, maybe kangaroos at the start, but certainly. Was, that wasn't even,
3: yeah, there was a whole quarter in there that yeah, there kangaroos was kicked right.
1: four or five goals in a row. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was three-quarter game, that one.
2: Whereas this one was four quarters of that forward press and it worked.
1: The physicality in that game, I, I loved it.
3: Yeah, the tackling was just the complete opposite of the week before. Against Sydney, it just looked like. We all had jelly arms, and against Richmond, we were rock hard, sticking everything.
0: Yeah, there wasn't much intent in the Sydney game, whereas against Richmond, we were very, very focused on pushing, pushing up into their faces, and we always do well when we come out with that attitude.
1: I like when Ty Vickery tried to take on Jake Lever. It's like, a, <laughs> come on, Ty! He, he's looking at you. You got to wait till he turns away before you throw a punch.
2: Oh, how the hell Alex Rance didn't get cited, I don't know, for the two lots of jumper punches he did. Somebody was a little bit frustrated.
3: I was going to say, that was that were the, only, that, the only change that I saw on the field was they swapped Rance and Chaplin around for a few minutes. I think Tex talk about four marks on Chaplin.
1: Yes.
4: And I
2: think Jenkins was giving um, Rance a bit of the runaround as well.
1: you yeah. messing up his anarchy. I've
0: got to say that I, I'm not eating my words about Jenkins, but I'm certainly pleased at the improvement that he's shown over the last month or so. Yep,
1: agreed. He's been listening to the podcast. I think so. Uh,
0: they're, they're you've, you've gotten in, to him, Phoenix. Well, but they have changed the structure up forward, which is something that we talked about earlier in the year where yeah. they're playing text higher and they're letting Josh come out from the square, and I think that just suits him a lot better. He doesn't get lost as much, and certainly his attack on the contest now is what you would hope from a bloke of his size. So, I mean, you've got to give, it, give him the credit there where it's due. Uh, it's not just about positioning. His, his, uh, his attitude has changed.
3: And we seem to have stopped bombing it on Eddie's head as much.
0: Yeah, Yeah. very much so.
2: Now, what do you guys think about Riley Knights being subbed? Because I've got a theory, and I wonder what you guys think, is that, see, I was quite surprised to see him subbed out. I thought Matt Crouch would have because, all my, I was getting very frustrated with him um, on the weekend. But I wonder with his injury injury interrupted preseason, and he did start quite late, we're really appreciating the work that he's doing as for three quarters and then are we subbing him so that we can keep playing him in the, in the AFL, that he can't play a full game?
1: I think we're just managing him.
0: It certainly doesn't look like he's got enough in, in the tank to go four quarters at the moment.
3: But Atkins had a similar preseason in terms of getting injured partway through it, and he didn't have any problems running out the game.
0: I think Atkins is a better athlete, though. Um, Knight seems to be one of those lads that may struggle a little bit to build up his engine.
2: He's covering a lot of the ground, though. He really roams um, yeah, he, from the up, back and, line, up and back.
1: Yeah, from the back line to the forward line, he was absolutely spent, the poor bloke. So
3: does that mean that maybe he needs to be taught better running patterns than...
2: I I think he's actually fairly instrumental in our forward line though for the the last couple of weeks.
3: So maybe he should be staying more in the forward line instead of roaming it down to the back line.
2: But we we press up that much though and so we try and leave that forward line a bit more open if we can.
0: We did look more dangerous without Wright up there last week as well. Um, We had another avenue to goal whereas Wright's been such a nullifying player. And not giving us any scoreboard output, it was nice to to feel like we had more avenues to go this week.
2: See, with Lions played half forward until the third quarter when we put him on the ball, and I reckon it was him and Jacobs that really turned it around in the in the third quarter. They both just lifted another level, and so you've got Lions, Eddie, Charlie, and Knights as four. They're not always on there, but they're they're the ones who are rotating as our small forwards through the forward line. That that's a pretty nice little mix.
1: So do we go in unchanged this week because of that solid performance? Unless there's
3: any injury concerns.
2: And just thinking of the SNFL who kind of played well, I mean, Greek did quite well. Um Kerridge was being tagged. Ellis Yeoman did his normal little class and did some really nice blocks. Um, Wright played only through the midfield. He didn't play up forward at all. So, yeah, I'm not too sure if there's anybody. I mean, the SNFL side's nice and solid and they're putting pressure on, but I don't think there's anybody who possibly deserves to get dropped. Except for Crouch, unless he actually learns to stop bombing it forward.
0: No, you can't drop Crouch. He just gets too much of it. And I know he, he turns it a bit. Oh, he was frustrating. I just think you've got to leave him in there now. Sorry to
3: go back again. It's interesting you said that you feel that we've got more forward options, um, Phoenix. We only had seven individual goal kickers. Uh, and only two others kicked behinds. So there was only nine players who... Had a scoring shot.
0: How many of those nine were designated forwards, though? Do you reckon?
3: Uh, well, only Danger, Tomo, and Brody uh, were not designated forwards.
0: So yeah, so we've got uh, a- and
2: and they're the guys on the midfield you would expect to be,
0: you would want through. to have
2: shot yeah to be breaking through and having
0: shots on goal. And McKay. Well, McKay got one. He was tagging... He was, um, he was
2: playing up forward.
0: He was tagging... Um, well, he was playing a forward tag on Huli. Yeah. Just to stop his run and carry out a defence because Hooli can carry it a bit and, and boot it. I reckon that worked. Yeah, it did.
2: It did. That, that was... So, well done, Campo.
3: I wonder if he'll get a job on Hibbert from the start this week. We'll get to that later, though.
0: So, all round, probably, I I would say our best, uh, notwithstanding the scoring efficiency, probably our best performance of the year so far. Agree. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to our first board talk for the second half of the year. And who better to kick us off in fine style than the inimitable drugs are bad mckay slash carl spackler how are you going
4: yeah not too bad thanks phoenix
0: ah that's good um yeah you got the full team in tonight yeah we got the full board in mate especially for you and uh <laughs> no, i appreciate that no it's, it's good to have you on i know it's uh, been a while coming so uh, thanks very much for giving up your time
4: mate yeah no i've been looking forward to it
0: so i guess we we'll would just start off with um a bit of a background um generally we ask our guests how they came to be on big footy in the first place and you've been around since uh, the good old days so can you give us a bit of a an inkling into what drew you to the to the famous big footy boards
4: yeah it was actually um an article by rucci actually who bagging big footy and the anonymous bloggers as he calls them that post on there and i'd sort of never heard of it um and yeah that sort of that article, I sort of logged on and had a look and um, seemed like a pretty highly trafficked site. I, I was at a, a footy board called uh, TalkingFootball.net, I think it was. Um, but th- that sort of hardly had anyone on it. And then, yeah, sort of stumbled across big footy and looked like they had a bit more going on. So, yes, yeah, so I made the, the trip across.
0: And you've been conspicuous by your contributions, mate, um, never short of a, an opinion?
4: Yeah, sort of as sort of time went on, I sort of probably – Weighed in a bit more, more and more, so had had more and more opinions and and sort of things, and and enjoyed the time sort of on the on the board. And sort of when I first joined, I actually didn't really sort of stumble across the Adelaide Adelaide Club board. I sort of um, first post I made was on one of the I was on the golf forum actually, Um, and that's what sort of why I chose the name sort of a golf related name sort of originally Carl Spackler. And it was only sort of after I'd spent bit more time on the board and sort of got to know it a bit more that sort of found out there was actually just a dedicated Adelaide Adelaide section sort of for Adelaide fans and sort of basically that was sort of where I ended up spending sort of 95 percent of my time
2: now what brought on the transcripts
4: yeah it was actually it was it was 2010 the it was sort of we'd come off the really good 2009 and 2010 was going to be the the year and and then we started zip and six or whatever it was and I was yeah, driving home or listening to the uh, radio on the way home um, after one of our losses at, at Footy Park and and Neil Craig was sort of doing his press conference and um, sort of trying to explain away the losses and he was going to great lengths to say that um, he didn't want to blame injuries, um, but the way he was sort of, sort of doing it, he was saying we we just haven't been able to get any continuity and we just haven't been able to field a settled lineup, and Basically, in a roundabout way, blaming injuries without without sort of saying it, and it just sort of sounded so silly that I made a, uh, one of the posts sort of during the week, doing a bit of a mock sort of, a, of of that of sort of the blaming injuries, and yeah, sort of that post got a bit of a response, and a few people found it funny and, and liked it, um, and yeah, it sort of then sort of grew from there. It just the losses piled up, um, plus. Just so happened at that time I was on annual leave. Um, so I had sort of plenty of, sort of spare time during the day. And yeah, sort of a bit of a creative outlet, I suppose. And yeah, so sort of wrote churned out a few sort of quite quickly. They got a bit harder as it went on, but yeah, certainly at the beginning it was quite easy to write. You
1: were the Adelaide Board's Titus.
4: <laughs> yeah, the original Titus, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I actually did copy the concept from um was a poster expect to win on the port board who'd um, been doing selection night transcripts for quite a while that I was sort of aware of. Um, so it sort of lent sort of fairly heavily on on what he'd sort of started, I suppose.
0: And what led you to become a moderator, mate? That was, I must say, from my own point of view, a, a surprising development. Yeah, surprising. again, it was probably
4: just yeah, something that just over time, it, I sort of started spending a bit more time on them because you're you're there quite a bit um then it sort of started to sort of care a bit more about sort of how it operated and um sort of felt that i could maybe um sort of give a little bit of sort of input and that sort of thing and take a little bit more ownership sort of over over a place i spent a fair bit of time and plus the sort of the moderators at the time uh stabby and um big fella i sort of respected of how they went about it and how they posted of thing so that was probably sort of part of it as well i always yeah, thought of so you as
0: anti-establishment mate it was a real disappointment i have to
4: say yeah we'll try and maybe trying to get it, work the magic from the inside rather than the outside maybe have a bit more effect <laughs> hopefully
2: now how lo- how long did the process take for you to be vetted though my chief
4: yeah well, it's funny that people sort of got this impression of I'd, I'd never or hardly ever got an infraction or a warning or anything sort of in all, in all my sort of years on the board so I'd actually that part of it didn't take very long um the other part that probably helped was that vader was the outgoing mod so he didn't have a didn't have a say in who um who sort of came in so I <laughs> think I was at, the, at the top of his list um yeah, it was actually interesting when you when you get um the moderator status there's actually a a board specifically for moderators where they can yes, there is. Yeah, sort of talk technical issues and and all other bits and pieces, discuss reports and that sort of thing. So all of a sudden, just, up yeah. So I had all this access access to sort of a well years and years of of going back, the Adelaide moderators discussing the goings on of the board. So there was stuff in there about um well me being whether I was one of the options and the the people I was up against, um, but also going back, there was sort of chromo getting banned and the festival of the red card and and all this sort of quite amusing Adelaide backstory that was that was there sort of for me to read all of a sudden.
2: I think I still have access to that, but I haven't been in there for a while. I might go back and check it out.
4: Oh, gee, that's that might mean Vader still has in, has um, access, which <laughs> maybe I should have posted a few of the things I've posted. <laughs>
2: No, he's kind of walked away a little bit from the board, from what I can gather.
0: Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen him for ages.
4: Yeah, he's um he's actually with his work. He's got it quite a bit busier, and I think he's even spending a lot of time interstate now. So he's finding it a bit harder with time. But yeah, I, mean, I actually get on pretty well with Vader. And um, believe it or not,
2: have you actually met him in person?
4: No, I've never actually met anyone from the the Big Footy board in person. Um, there's one poster I've figured out who they are just by a few references they've made and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I've never actually met anyone from the board.
2: Yeah, he, he, he doesn't look like Darth Vader.
4: <laughs> Someone ought to write a book at some stage from a moderator's
0: perspective. I'm sure there's some fantastic inside stories there to be told.
4: Yeah, probably a fairly small market, but, yeah, it would be interesting reading for, for five or six people, I think. <laughs> go, with, <Yeah. laughs>
1: go with the uh, Chris Pine theme there. Uh... Uh,
2: no, I think we could actually write quite a tome about Chromo.
1: <laughs> oh, you'd, you'd sell a lot of books with, about chromo, from what I've seen, or what I what hasn't been taken off.
2: Oh, he was a clever, clever bastard, but a nightmare to moderate.
0: It's hilarious. Every time we talk to a moderator, he always comes up. <laughs> yep. So, mate, um, moving away from your moderator duties, uh, just so that you don't get in too much trouble. Um, give us some of your favourite uh, experiences on the board. Perhaps a favourite poster, or or someone that pisses you off, or you know, an insight into your own personal musings on some of the posts uh, that, or some of the threads that go on.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's probably a few different levels that I enjoy the board. the the um, The posters that interest me the most are probably the ones that challenge your thinking a little bit. And come at things from a from a different angle, and and often they're probably posters that I sort of don't agree with on certain issues, but the um, the way they post, I find is interesting, and and they're one that you you always read. So they're of so going back, Southern Takeover I found uh, was like that, and 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 Cromo certainly um, sort of more recently um, posters like um, uh, Jack is back for one. It sort of comes at things sort of from a different angle. For yourself, Phoenix at, at times. Um sort of remember having some good debates with you when you had um, ideas for how the SNFL could evolve and, the, and that sort of thing. Yeah, that um, was but fun. Yeah, but, yeah, it was good fun. Um, but, yeah, so any sort of posters that, yeah, sort of, sort of challenge your thinking and come from different angles and even sort of posters like, like NT Rabbit uh, rubs a few people up the wrong way, but he just sort of comes from a, from a different angle and, and they sort of encourage you to look at your own thinking a little bit sometimes as well. Um, and then one of the other levels is it's it's a fairly – there's a lot of high level of comedy. I find sort of at the board and, and posters like um, oh, Froggy and Denius and and J P Sauce and Slippery Pete. There's a there's a few with a really good sense of humour that um, uh, are able to lighten the situation and um, yeah, really good distraction from work.
0: Yeah, it it certainly is a a mishmash of opinions and there's a hell of a lot of wit. That goes on. You, you look at one of the long threads, like the Tippet thread or the Dangerfield thread, and some of the tangents they go on, and it, you know, it gives you a good chuckle. it Distracts you from the serious nature of the of the topic sometimes.
4: Yeah, certainly the probably the, the biggest change in my time over the board, which is nine years or thereabouts, is just how much access people have now. You've on tablets or on on your phone. Um, you've got Wi-Fi everywhere, so you have you have access to the board almost at all times. Um, so it's almost become a bit of a, a stream of conscious, consciousness type type posting. People post all the time, so if any thought that enters their head, um, and it sort of means topics do wander uh, off the course much more than they, than they used to. Um, but it used to be that you'd probably, during the, the course of a day, you'd only have the evening or, or certain periods of time where you'd log on and you'd post more sparingly. Um, than you do now. Whereas now it's a little bit more like my like tw- Twitter people fire in one-liners and uh, one-word answers, and it's just uh, the volume has is, is increased um, exponentially. Well, we've got the king of one-liners here, Waffle.
0: Yes, I am the king of one-liners.
4: Yeah, it's all it's about. There's there's post count, but there's not word count uh, when um, for posters. So yeah, so there are a lot of posters that do that one-word. They uh, specialise in the one-word answer.
1: The only time I um, expand on my one-liner special is when someone seems to do something that grates on my nerves.
2: Yeah, if you get two sentences out of him, you know you've really pissed him off.
0: So who's your s n f l affiliation with, um, Carl?
4: The Double Blues. It oh, is. Yeah, so, yeah, Barrett for Sturt. Um, yeah parents, Sturt fans, lived in Sturt area and, um, yeah, supported them before the Crows, actually got played some juniors there and uh, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, then I actually wasn't all that keen when the Crows came in. I wasn't all that interested because they had their expanded squad of sort of 60 players and there was a couple of Sturt guys in that, um, Scott Field and Jason Bastian, but they didn't make the final, the final cut. So at the time, given that they'd, Hadn't picked a single Sturt player, actually didn't really care all that much about the Crows. And then leading into the first game in 91, uh, Dad surprised me and said, oh, we've got tickets to, to go. And I went along to that first game. And then sort of once I was there and it was a full house and we beat Hawthorne, I was, um, yeah, I was hooked after that. Um, but yeah, but still a, still a member at Sturt and I'll probably see maybe five or six games a year, um, yeah, sort of when I can.
1: Scotty Field's no longer
4: with us, is he? No, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, probably oh, seven or eight years ago, I think he, he passed away while he was overseas somewhere. I'm a bit vague on the details, but yeah, I did did read that.
0: So you're still involved down there, mate?
4: Uh, only as a yeah, spectator and a member, so no, I don't have any any official involvement in footy at all. I used to have a, a through the amateur league, as a player and a coach and stuff, but um, yeah, I stepped back from that as well. So just uh, purely a spectator at the moment.
0: You don't have to answer this question, but who'd you coach in the MAs?
4: Um, oh, not with great Move success. On. Yeah, Re- Rezzy's club somewhere, Resi's team. Oh, it's always good fun, the MAs. Mm, yeah, oh, it's a great um great culture and yeah, really enjoyable enjoyable days a Saturday afternoon with a few people watching and a few beers and Barbies running. It's yeah, it's great atmosphere.
0: So on to more uh, current matters. Um, we generally put our board talk guests under the grill, um, and I managed to get the gas, uh, cylinder out and fire it up. So we've got the grill pumping. So, uh, we'll fire a few quick questions at you, mate, and, um, give it your best shot. And, yep. um, the, the first one, I'm going to lead with the first one, cause I'm doing this off the top of my head and I can't remember what they are, Nikki, um, <laughs> So, the first one is obviously for Big Fella's benefit. Uh, Kylie or Danny?
4: Uh, uh, Kylie. Um, yeah, I don't reckon anyone would ever have ever heard of Danny if it wasn't for her sister.
2: Danny was famous first, though, because she was on Young Talent Time. Really? Yeah.
4: Did anyone
0: watch that? <laughs> Not yeah. anymore.
2: A lot of people did back then. She was the big star, and then she got Kylie involved. I think she brought her on Young Talent time once and then Kylie's career took off and she became better than Danny.
0: Sisters are doing it for themselves. Ugh. She was always better than Danny. Nikki. Yes. Possibly. No, she was.
2: Yeah, I voted um, for Kylie.
0: What's the next question? Um you groat. Had, that's right. Oh you, yeah. On your duffel coat, which you'd probably remember, Carl, back in the day, we wore duffel coats. Uh, if you could put anyone on the back of it, um, who would it be?
4: Uh, Peter Motley, probably my all-time favourite player, but um, at the Crows, uh, Sean Rand, 52, would, would be my number.
2: Nice one.
0: Yeah, good one, good one. I had, it, it'd it cheat you to know this, but I had Neil Craig on the back of my duffel coat, Carl. <laughs> Everyone had the generics, and I thought, no, I'll be different. So I'll put Craigie on there.
4: (laughs) Number six, wasn't he? Or thereabouts? Seven, he was. Seven, yeah.
0: Which was a contributing factor because that was my number when I played. So I thought, yeah, chuck him on. Um, Dangerfield. Oh, yeah, that's right. So what do you reckon, Carl? Dangerfield, staying or leaving?
4: Yeah, I mean, I've sort of been leaning towards that he's leaving all along. Um, and, yeah, so sort I've of tried, to, try, almost tried to build, build your hopes up at times that, and build a case for the reason they're delaying the contract and, and all this. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of any real good reason that they wouldn't have announced it by now if he was staying. Um, and, I've, yeah, I've tried as hard as I can, but, yeah, just sort of can't can't see it, unfortunately.
0: Okay. That's sorry, What the hell else were they? Finals. Oh yeah. So you reckon we're going to make it?
4: Uh, yeah, I think we'll sneak in um, this week. I mean, it looks like a walkover. Essendon look like they're on their last legs, but we've got a terrible record against them in Melbourne, no matter what form they're in. Um, I think it's one of those seasons that if we if we can sneak over the line against them, you'd back us in against um, Brisbane. Um, and then we might be lucky with West Coast because I think it might be the time that, that they might rest a few players sort of leading into the finals. We might actually get them at quite a good week. So, yeah, so I reckon it's, if we can sneak over the line this week, I think we're a good thing.
0: Yeah, I reckon that West Coast game's key. Um, What's the last one? Shit. Well,
2: because normally we finish on the danger one, so I'm trying to remember what the other one's worth. Uh, yeah. I've
0: lost my bit of paper. Make <laughs> one up, Nikki.
2: <laughs> Me? Oh, God, no, oh,
3: I've been anyone. overseas. I reckon we covered one of them earlier on when we asked uh, about um, favourite poster.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's right. If there was anyone on the board, Carl, that you would like to meet, uh,
4: who would it be? Um, there might be actually something brewing because I think there's a, uh, a push to get a few of the people together for, for a drink. Um Sort of saw a message come through the other day, so I might actually be catching up with a few of the uh, the big forty people, a uh, big fella, and a couple of the others, Niximus and and the other mods. Um, sort of at some stage, and me. So, yeah. Oh, and and Nikki's on there as well. So yeah, so yeah, so the the current mods, ex mods, I think catching up for a drink at some stage.
2: I do find it funny though that sometimes you guys have mod conversations and you include like Kane and I in there. <laughs> it's like, well, we're not mods anymore, but okay, we'll hear about it.
0: Not to put too fine a point on it, but I did say who would you like to meet, not at who do you feel obliged to
4: meet yeah, because no, you were invited. I thought I answered that fairly tact- tactfully. But, um, I'd probably, yeah, no, sorry, um, I picked it up. Yeah, it's probably Slippery Pete's probably one that I wouldn't mind having a beer with. He's, he sounds like a reasonable fella. You'd be his wingman. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably end up on Hindley Street, I'd, I'd imagine.
2: Yes, I think he's one I would like to avoid. <laughs>
4: Uh,
0: yeah, let's not go into that. We're gonna to have to have him on one night.
2: <laughs> that ought to prove interesting.
0: Hmm. Well,
2: I, I kind of get the feeling though he would be the complete opposite of how he's portrayed himself on the internet.
1: This fence is looking rather nice over here.
0: <laughs> no, I, I reckon he's pointy a, a bit waffle. I reckon he's portraying a pretty accurate um, <laughs> persona, to be honest. Yeah, no one's sad like thing.
1: That. I was like that now. Sorry, Carl. Sad thing was I was like that when I was about 19. Some people never grow up.
0: Well, mate, it's uh, it's been lovely to have you on. Um, as I said, it uh, took a while coming, but um, I'm glad we got there and it's a great way to um, kick off our run into the finals uh, reboot of the Crowcast. Um, so thanks very much for giving us your time. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun.
4: All right, guys, enjoyed it. And thanks again for putting the podcast together. It's added another dimension to the board this year. It's been great.
0: Very good. Cheers. Thanks, mate.
2: Thanks, Carl.
4: Thanks,
0: Carl. See you, Carl. So hopefully, uh, I mean, we're really moving on to the SNN game now. We really need to smack the Bombers this week. There can't be any excuses.
2: And we need the percentage.
0: Yeah,
3: absolutely. We need to win by at least 10 goals.
0: And there's no reason why we shouldn't. I mean, they're a shell of a team. Um, they've got no direction. They don't look to have much game plan. They're not playing for the coach by the looks of it. I mean, they're a rebel. They're not really
2: playing for themselves.
0: No. Is Grandpa still out for them? Oh. Uh, yeah, he's, he's unlikely
1: to play again.
2: Yeah.
1: Who's that? Fletcher.
0: Fletcher. Yeah, I think he's done.
2: I watched, I saw a little bit of that GWS game and they were just atrocious.
3: Well. And they, they also seem to be um, being forced by public opinion to play some of the younger guys who haven't got a shot over the last few years. Um, so while a, one or two of them might be playing some good games, um, it, essentially it's just leaving them threadbare.
2: I'm just trying to think. There was there was a comment I think I saw from, I think it was an Essendon supporter on the Asada Hot Topic board. They made a comment of, um, they're not too sure whether he he doesn't quite understand the whole phone that sits in front of him that he's supposed to be picking that up and making moves. So Essendon supporters are starting to get very frustrated with their coach.
3: Well, that's that's interesting because um, while she never spoke on his phone either, um, he had. Like sitting next to him, making the calls for him. So I wonder whether um, the SN box is making the calls, just not heard.
2: Well, Herdy always used to like to go down and stand on the, the boundary line every so often. Um, he'd he'd coach from down there, and it was whoever was up in the box who had to to keep making the moves. So yeah, I don't think he's really a coach at all.
1: No one would be listening anyway, Nikki.
2: That's the impression I'm starting to get quite strongly.
0: He's certainly looking like a man out of options. Um, You know, his body language and all the rest of it just indicates someone who just is throwing up his hands. And it's interesting because at the end of the day, they had that one decent season or half a season under him and then all the shit hit the fan. There's never really been a good... um, a good period of time where we could actually assess whether he can coach or not. And I reckon over the last two months, we've really found out that he's not that great a coach.
2: Well, a lot of people were talking about it being the dream team. There was Thompson and how much Thompson was involved in you know, being the director of coaching and he was the one suggesting a lot of moves. And so then when Heard was banned and Thompson took over, there were some games they had no right to be in it, but Thompson managed to get them up. So I think that a lot of that really good season, I reckon you can put more on Thompson than you can on Hurd.
0: And peptides.
2: That as well.
0: But you're right. It's, a, it's an indictment on Hurd that Thompson was able to get them through last year, which you would argue was a more stressful year from the Asada perspective. Um, and Hurd just doesn't seem to be able to get any, any spark out of them whatsoever. And for Watson to walk um, like he had because he was, he was spent. There's a few others in there that are spent mentally. Yeah. Um, right I, right or left, um, you know, wow.
2: I think there's players who are injured that, from what I understand, aren't turning up to sit there and watch their teammates play. They're just not interested in being around the club.
1: That's a uh, pretty poor culture.
2: Yeah, that tells you there's some really not good stuff going on down there.
0: You can't really blame them, though. No. no. What makes me shake my head, though, is how that club continues to try and preserve Herd's legacy. I mean, this is on James Herd, and he he has really wrecked that club with some of the decisions that he's made over the last couple of years, and yet they still want to back him up and protect him and protect the whole Herd legacy. Uh, It just blows my mind.
2: I think they actually want to protect their own asses because I think he's got a few things on other people. So that's what's making it an absolute mess down there.
0: So his contract runs out at the end of the season, does it, or has he got another year?
2: He's got another year.
0: Oh, fucking hell. If they have him coaching next year, they will end up in the bottom two.
2: Yeah. Well, they may not have a whole lot of players.
3: Yeah, they're going to be essentially a second team with the uh, amount of players that are going to
0: leave. And on that, looking at our game, I mean, we've we've got the the delightful matchup of Jacobs on McKernan this week. That's going to be interesting.
3: <laughs> no, nah, Giles has come back in the last couple of weeks and he's been really good for him.
0: Yeah, I, well, I don't mind at least Giles, provided
3: actually. at least provided a, a tool uh, option to contest in the ruck as opposed to McKernan.
0: Yeah, uh, Shawnee Mac. It would have been towered up by Jacobs. I mean, Giles isn't a bad ruck. It's actually he. It's been surprising that he's um, taken so long to break through. Actually, one yeah, of that the,
3: surprised me. One of the big um, question marks over James heard is why Giles hadn't played.
0: Apparently, he was leading, was it leading position getter or leading contested position getter in the VFL two weeks running, and couldn't get a look in. In the in the in the it makes you wonder what the hell he had to do.
3: And getting forty plus hitouts, where McKernan was getting fifteen hitouts and barely providing a contest for the
1: opposing ruckman. Ridiculous uh, coaching.
2: So, how do you guys think they're going to man up up forward? Are they are they going to go quite tall? Do you think is Carlisle going to be play up four? Is he going to play down back? I think from what I've seen the last couple of weeks, they're still persisting with him up forward.
1: I think that play hook is still up forward. Carlisle to go down back on Tex, I think. Yeah, I think so. Danaher up forward, obviously.
2: So Talia on Danaher. He is a hard matchup.
3: He is because he's so tall. I I almost think Hardigan will end up going to Danaher.
2: Because Hardigan's quicker than Talia and Danaher is actually quite quick. trying got, to remember. He's got that leap on him. So I think he, he's one of those you have to have that other player to come in and help.
0: Well, I was just about to say, you'd imagine that um, Snake would be tasked with coming across and being that, that um, second defender on, on Danaher when the ball comes in high.
2: That would be the smart move.
0: They don't have many other avenues to goal, do they really?
2: No. And the thing is, though, he gets the ball and he is quite the point, but his kicking for goal is shocking.
1: They' am trying to use uh, Ambrose in that sort of role was goal kicking forward and it hasn't worked for him.
0: And now, they won't have Cooney um, as a small. Um, they lack rotation depth through the midfield. You just wonder whether he's just going to... Throw all his eggs in the in one basket and put Carlo up forward and hope that we can hope that he can uh, take enough marks down there or whether they're just going to try and shut the game down, which is what I suspect is going to happen. The other guys
3: that they've tried to use in that tallish forward position is uh, first first year player Jaden uh Sean Edwards, and uh, Kyle Langford, uh, who's another first year player. So between them, they've got about eight games, I think. Yeah. Where was
0: Edwards before? He was at GWS, wasn't he? Yeah. He was one that we tried to go after. Yeah. He chose to go to Westendon. Same with Um, Giles.
3: Actually, uh, GWS demanded that whoever took Edwards had to take another guy, Kurt (coughs) Aylett, as well. Uh, Oh, that's That was the
2: one. And we didn't want a bar of him.
3: Blood oh, state I, think was, I think it was
1: more that it would mean that we'd have to delist another guy that we didn't want to delist. All that. Aylett's not really playing off, paying off first and then is he?
3: He actually played games before Edwards. but Edwards is um, really shining now.
0: Yeah, Plays he's a far, far better player. Yeah, I can't see an area of the ground we're going to get beaten or that we're even going to struggle. It's all going to be in the head, I think, this week. Um, And it would be really nice to see, uh, I assume that they'll close the roof, so it would be really nice to see us straighten up our kicking for goal because, you know, it actually surprised me how blasé they were about their kicking um, last week given that there's, you know, 0.02 between us and Geelong.
3: A Bloody Matthew Wright, goal on the
0: goal line difference.
2: Yeah, if, Yeah, if that had been paid, we would be in the eight.
0: Yeah, but you could say that if Tex doesn't miss from 20 metres out... Yeah, that too. You know, I mean, that that's unforgivable. And
2: the yeah, SANFL but- SA team, by the way, in the last quarter seemed to have the AFL yips as well. It was very frustrating.
0: Well, let's hope they sort it out because it could cost us a finals berth and that would be really disappointing after the year that we've had um, to miss out on, on the back of some inaccurate kicking. I, I've run through the ladder predictor a few times. I don't know whether you guys have, but... It, oh, I can't – there's only one scenario that has us missing the eight really um, and there's a few scenarios that basically make the Geelong-Crows game um, mm-hmm. a battle to see whether we play a home or an away elimination final.
3: I've got it down to whether um, or how many games North Melbourne wins. Yep. If they if they um, play to their ability, they could win probably three games, and then it, for me it comes down to either us or Geelong making it, and that's by percentage. Well, because um, I have them, I have them winning two games and us winning two games.
0: Yeah, I, I'm picking North to fall in a bit of a hole, and that last game versus Tigers, I I don't think they'll get up. Um,
3: and the other one is against the Bulldogs that they could um, either win or lose.
0: Yeah, see, I don't think they'll get up on that one either.
2: It's, it's been a long time since we've had a top eight this close to the season. That there's still so many different ways it could go, and there's a whole lot of teams who could possibly deserve to still be in there.
0: Well, thirteen games doesn't guarantee you thirteen wins. Sorry, doesn't guarantee you a final eight spot this year. So that's probably the most games for a while. Um, And the other interesting point on that is that North Melbourne, if they do miss out, are probably going to miss out on the back of the cancelled game between Adelaide and Geelong. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they can hold their tongue with regards to the fairness or otherwise of that.
2: They better hold their tongues.
3: I don't see what what argument they could have to that. I don't – what other solution could there have been?
0: Yeah, there's no other way. Uh, You know, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Um, But one of the Crows or Geelong would have been two two points um, short. Um, And I can see the Kangaroos missing out by half a game
3: but they could also get in by half a game over both Adelaide and Geelong that's very true but it, they they hold their own future in their hands
0: yeah they certainly do uh, it'll just be interesting to see whether that any comment is made about that
1: but only have themselves to blame if they don't make it
0: well i don't think they do to be honest the most of the most of the scenarios that i put through the ladder thingy um has the Kangaroos missing out because I don't think they'll beat the Bulldogs and I don't think they'll beat Tigers.
3: Well, that's that's just it. If they pull their fingers out and they win those games, then they're in.
2: And who knows what the Tigers are going to do? The Tigers or the Tigers?
0: Oh, I think they'll bounce back. I, Typical Richmond.
2: <laughs> Typical Richmond.
0: I mean, they don't seem to play well over here. I remember Port held them up last year in the in the final and I, I think they'll bounce back next week. Where are they playing at the G? Next week or this weekend. Uh, it's
2: it's they they really do have a problem when the expectation is on them when they are the hunted.
0: It just seemed to me the attitude of, of um, Dimmer just seemed to be oh, well we'll just forget about that one. It's almost like they half expected to lose. So whether there was a training load on them or something, who knows? The lady
1: I'm missing probably putting more pressure on themselves.
2: It shows they don't have that depth through the midfield because, I mean, we've got Douglas missed out, but who stepped up? We've had Sloan miss out during the year, and who stepped up?
3: And Crouch hasn't played a game. Yep. And Tomo didn't play the first couple of weeks, and we played probably our best footy of a longer period of time.
0: i certainly like our chances against Richmond if we come up in the first final against them, which it looks like we probably will if things play out that way. Yep.
3: Absolutely, or or against um, probably uh, North Melbourne or Geelong. Not that I think we can actually come up against those, can we?
0: Um, No, I think it'll either be Richmond or Bulldogs, but most likely Richmond.
3: Yeah, Bulldogs would be bad, or Sydney for that matter.
2: Oh, we'll see if we've actually learnt. Yep, that's right.
0: So, margins, I'm I'm picking 10-plus goals. I think we will come to play and, and be looking to, to put, bury them. If
3: we play like we did last week and we kick straight, we could win by 100-plus. But I'm going to say uh, the same as Phoenix, 10, 10 goals plus.
1: 45 points.
2: I'll be the more conservative you lot and say 42. <laughs> Someone had to do it. <laughs> oh, it's one of those, though, I am a little worried because we've been so positive before about how we should be smashing the side and then we turn in a performance that isn't good.
1: This
3: isn't even just a positivity thing for me. It's a necessity. We need to get this percentage.
2: And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how the boys actually react to that because they all know it.
0: Yeah, I think the attitude is is healthy down there at the moment. I don't I don't see them as fearing the situation. I think uh, you know for for whatever reason um, they gel quite well, and I think the attitude is is pretty good. So I, I'd be very surprised if if we didn't come out and give Essendon a thumping.
2: And JJ does seem to play quite well against his old team.
3: That'll be nice to see.
0: If our forward line works, that they won't even get a sniff and Eddie. I think Eddie is just turning the corner a little bit so I wouldn't mind seeing him get a breakout game before finals. And
3: Tex as well. Yeah.
2: He's, he's looking a lot more fluid and he was stopping doing what you've been ravaging on about in a good way, Phoenix, about him always wanting to play from the back and being so mindful about bodying. He just went all out to that ball is mine and that's what happened.
0: You could say I've been... Banging on about it. On a drum. Yes. All right. Well, I guess that wraps us up then. Um, we're all pretty <laughs> positive about about the weekend. Hopefully it's not false positive. Um, Froggy reckons there's no news from the club tomorrow, so Danger's is not signing before this game. Um, so we'll have to talk about that next week.
2: Yes, Froggy's the font of all knowledge at the moment, apparently.
0: Yeah, well, he just he just bobbed up and made a statement and all of a sudden Lever signed and makes you wonder.
2: And all he was talking about was the fact that he had a day off and was going to the movies. Uh, Lever signing was a bonus.
0: Don't know about that.
2: Or has he just been cagey and pretending otherwise?
0: That said, while you are away, Nikki, I was brought on the train one day and I just dropped a rumour saying it's people should be very excited about what's going to happen later on today.
2: I saw that. You caused havoc. It was hilarious. Only
0: for half an hour. It was a boring train ride.
2: <laughs> well, did it keep you amused?
0: Well, it was funny seeing everyone jump onto it. The natives got very excited.
1: I,
2: I did like, though, that um, Waffle did threaten to sick me onto you for being naughty like that.
1: That wasn't Waffle.
2: Was Oh, it was you.
1: Yes, it was. Yes, I don't make those sort of threats.
2: You're too busy eating your cookies.
0: Nicky That's does. right. Nikki doesn't scare me anyway.
2: I was trying to I, think, what, what could I really do?
0: I scare myself. You could put on scared. some sort of Comic-Con outfit and come at me, but I don't know. Put on my Crows
2: onesie. I've never worn a onesie.
1: Yeah, I look I look bad in normal dress, let alone a onesie.
2: There were quite a few tiger onesies in the uh, Richmond cheese squad.
0: Don't
1: give my child ideas.
0: My twenty-one-year-old son has been known to go to the shop in his Spyro onesie.
1: <laughs>
0: That's sensational.
1: <laughs>
2: did he have unboots boots on as well?
0: I believe he did. Rocking his bogan. Ah. <sighs> You
3: people make me sick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, we'll call it a night. So it's been good to have everyone back. It's been fun to get the podcast up and running again. And uh, we'll be with everyone on a weekly basis now until uh, either the season ends or danger doesn't sign. In which case, we'll all just go and stick our heads in a bucket of water.
2: And maybe we might have to do a special draft podcast. Seeing the draft is going to be held in Adelaide this year.
0: Very true. We might have to do a live cross and get you to go down there, Nikki, and be our um, eyes and ears on the floor.
2: How much will it cost to go there?
0: It's free, apparently.
2: (laughs) Is it free? Really, how much does this cost? (laughs) And for those who don't get that joke, you need to have seen the board. I got it. Yeah, but you're always on the board, so you don't count.
1: That's it, the boss is like, why is there so much lag?
0: Because uh, I'm working Alright guys um, <laughs> let's, On uh, that strange note On that rather weird note We'll uh, stop banging on And uh, call it a night So thanks guys And uh, we'll see you at the footy Thanks Phoenix Thanks,
2: thanks Phoenix,
0: Phoenix.